This is the Restless Mama Podcast. Authentic conversations about the mess and magic of motherhood. I'm your host, Celine Marley. Do you find motherhood hard sometimes? Do you struggle with finding balance in parenthood, your career, relationships and lifestyle? Are you a new mum who still just tries to figure it all out? This is the podcast for you. We provide you with inspiring stories and helpful resources from mamas just like you. So you know you're not alone. And hopefully this also empowers you to find your unique balance. Because a mama's mental health is the most important of all. Hello beautiful people and welcome to this week's episode of the Restless Mama podcast. I am so excited to share this week's guest. She is such a beautiful soul and I've been following her on Instagram um, for quite a while now and um, we've been going back and forth and we finally made it <laughs> alongside motherhood and all the challenging um, things that it brings to kind of set and agree on a time. We finally made it and it's a beautiful topic. It's all about fertility. Her name's Kathy. She is a fertility specialist and a qualified yoga teacher. Um, and her unexpected diagnosis of unexplained infertility whilst working in a corporate, corporate environment in her mid-30s, along with her own personal story, drives Kathy to consult with businesses on women's workplace wellness, in addition to coaching couples in her online clinic with preconception, IVF, and postnatal nutrition and lifestyle advice. We talked, as always, um, about motherhood and her journey and what what um, what she uses to keep her um, balance in motherhood. But also, of course, we touched on the big fertility question. And she has so much knowledge and so much wisdom. And it was such a pleasure to have her. If you guys want to connect with her, we've got all her contact details on the show notes on my website. And I am most certain that she's going to be an amazing support and beautiful coach um, and expert throughout your fertility journey. Um, yeah, without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, Kathy, welcome to the show. Hi, Celine. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks welcome so much. to my room. <laughs> Yay! It's so good. That's so lovely. We've been um, chatting back and forth and back and forth and we finally made it. And I'm so excited to have you. Um, I already did a little introduction, um, but why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. Um, so I'm Kathy Lewis. I am a registered and qualified nutritional therapist. I'm also a yoga teacher and a relatively new mom. I've got a little girl who is just turned one or who's just turned one. Um, but prior to that, I also worked for large corporate companies working in a resourcing department. Um, and I guess the reason why I've moved into more of the health space and into the yoga space is because I feel that as someone who is a little bit older, who had her children a little bit older, making sure that people are aware of the impact, if you like, of a working environment and kind of stresses on your body can have a fertility is really important. So I have a, a private clinic where I work with couples who are struggling with fertility because I myself had a little bit of um, trouble getting pregnant with our first baby and went down the IVF route. So I work with couples who want to have a child, whether it's through natural or through assisted means, if you like, and then also working with companies as well to educate them on kind of policies around well-being. 
Mm. So that's me. <laughs> Beautiful work. Yeah, I love that. And you said you have a little girl. Do you want to share a little bit of your, because I actually had never, ever someone um, on the show that went through the IVF um, journey. Are you happy to share a little bit about that? Yeah. Do you have anything in particular that you want to know? or How long did you try? Like how, and, and did it then work the first time? Um, what is the challenges that you kind of go through um, and how long did it work? And what did you find challenging within that process? Yeah. Okay. So I guess like a lot of women who struggle with fertility, you don't necessarily realize at first because when you maybe start to, you're not necessarily not trying to have a baby, mm. but you're not trying. So if it doesn't happen, you're not really yeah. that bothered. But then when it comes to the point when you're quite actively wanting to get pregnant, then you start to notice like month on month that it's not really, it's not happening. Mm. And for myself and my husband, I'd say, I mean, I was working long days at the time and I was also studying to be a nutritional therapist. So although we were kind of half trying in my mind, I wasn't really ready to get yeah. pregnant anyway. So um, when we actually started trying properly, I'd say we tried for about 12 months and nothing really happened. And then I did get pregnant, but I, it was an ectopic pregnancy, unfortunately. Yeah. So at that time I was 37, um, no, 36 I was. And when I went to the hospital, obviously they told me that I was pregnant and then they told me it's an ectopic. And then they said, okay, so we're going to um, operate and take away your fallopian tube. And I was like, oh, and it was probably at that moment that I really thought, okay, you know, this is maybe going to be taken out of my hands. And maybe as a consequence of this, I might not be able to have a child. And mm. it was really from that point onwards, it became more of a, a thing for me, definitely. Um, and more of a thing for us that we definitely wanted to get pregnant. So we opted to go for the IVF route because of the ectopic pregnancy and just because we'd had those previous kind of time delays. Um, and it was, I mean, if you don't know what IVF is, it's basically where you have some support, I guess, with getting pregnant and there's different yeah. forms of it. But the one that we had was where you have the eggs extracted and the sperm extracted, you put them together and then yeah. you um, reintroduce that to the, the womb. And we had one egg collection. Um, so one round of stimulation. And then we had two transfers and the second transfer was successful with COVID. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So we were quite lucky in that way because a lot yeah. of people who go through IVF will have multiple rounds or mm. multiple transfers. And unfortunately it doesn't always work as well. Yeah. But I think that we're probably quite fortunate in that I have my nutrition background that helped me be a bit more aware of my body and mm. what was happening. So I, I had a bit of a break in between the two transfers in particular because um, I think that with IVF as well it's quite important to understand that when you go through that process it's very heavy on the body and it's mm. there's a lot of stimulation there's a lot of hormone dysregulation if you like even though it's in, in a controlled environment and so the likelihood of a successful first transfer can sometimes be reduced because your estrogen levels go so high mm. that it, it's not really conducive to the natural environment for pregnancy and so I decided to have a big break and like normalize my body, if that makes yeah. sense, before going for the second transfer. And I think that made a big difference. Yeah, totally makes sense. <laughs> That's yeah. a long, <laughs> a long answer no, to a short <laughs> I love that because like, and my mum had two more kids after me and they were both an IVF, but it was the, I guess the kind of not normal, but the one where the egg stays within her and it's just kind of injected and it's 
work the second time. And in that way, I remember she didn't have any hormones, um, any mm -hmm. added hormones in, introduced yeah. where with a friend of us, I know, or like they just talked about that there was so much additional hormones she had to take. And I'm like, whoa, that sounds so overwhelming for the body. Um, so I think it makes complete sense, as you say, to kind of, you know, let your body be normal. And as we all know, once you enter motherhood, then those hormones are completely out of whack too. So yeah. <laughs> it's like Definitely. up, down, up, down, what is going on? And yeah, it yeah. takes takes quite a long, um, takes quite a long while, right? Until we're in a normal hormonal level, I think, within our body. Yeah. I think the word normal is almost kind of yeah, that's right. overrated. Like what is normal? What one is person's normal? normal. <laughs> one, one person's normal is different to someone else's, isn't it? I guess. But yeah. I think in an IVF context, it's difficult because you have, you know, you kind of need those hormones or most of the women who go through the process will need those hormones to be able to be in a position where they can potentially have a child. So mm. for them and for me, you know, that was normal in the initial stages. Yeah. I opted to have no hormones for the second transfer because I'd done quite a lot of testing myself privately yeah. and I, I saw that I didn't need I didn't need it whereas other people may not have had that visibility and they will always go with the guidance of their clinic and the clinic you know the clinic are experts in, in certain areas um, and you know they'll be supported through that process but if you have a little bit more knowledge or a bit more information from mm -hmm. different side then that can also support as well yeah um, yeah mm. IVF is an interesting it's an interesting topic and it's an interesting um thing to go through because it's really it's tough mm. but it's it, it, a lot of the focus from a clinic perspective anyway is often on the physical aspect of it mm. and not necessarily on the emotional side yeah. and it that plays a huge huge part for women during and after as well so it's mm. it's something that I'm keen to support my clients with as they go through that process as well yeah yeah you hear so many uh, and not that I have done a lot of research on that but often you hear that when women actually let go of that I really really want it then suddenly they then become pregnant where there's definitely a, a lot of indication in terms of that something internally in our mind needs to shift in addition mm. to that probably not I guess not completely um, but yeah, it, um, you hear so many, you know, friends where you say, yeah, they're, they're finished now. They're, they're not going to try anymore after five tries and then <laughs> they had two more kids or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I know a couple of people who've been through a couple of rounds of IVF in the same situation. They, they their last transfer wasn't successful and they just thought, okay, that's it. Yeah. And then they did actually conceive naturally. So yeah, it's, um, it's interesting. It it's is. Interesting. Yeah, it is. And when you think about, um, in terms of motherhood, you entered motherhood, when you look at Kathy before, um, how do you feel like, um, has motherhood changed you? I think for me, motherhood's changed me quite a lot in that it's really forced me to slow down because before I was always kind of have multiple things that I'll be doing at the same time and I would always be quite busy um, but just because I had quite a few things I wanted to wanted to move forward with whereas when I had a baby that side of me kind of is still there and my brain was still wanting to action those things but physically when you're a mother and you've got a new baby that's completely reliant on you and I was breastfeeding and I am breastfeeding still mm -hmm there isn't any, there isn't a lot of time for you. And 
being able to be that person who was very independent like we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. and who was is very able to get things done and action things and tick things off a list that person wasn't really there <laughs> anymore <laughs> and I found that I I'm still finding that really difficult to adjust to to be mm-hmm. honest because my priority is still my baby like Coco is my my priority but at the same time I also recognize that for her to be happy I also need to be happy and wanting to kind of have a career and wanting to um, have a purpose if you like in the world and show her about what it's like to be you know an independent female I think is important because I kind of want to be the role model for her that I wanted to have when I was growing up as well so it's a kind of a mixture of emotions really it's thinking about how to dial back the things that are less important so that you have more time for the things that are really mm. I would say it's, it's really changed me in that way it's definitely changed my perspective on a lot of things um slowed me down a lot like I said and it's everyone's probably says this but it's kind of teaching me the the value of patience and the importance of like play because sometimes I find that she's she always wants to play and be doing things and I'm sometimes doing work and then I feel guilty because I'm like oh she's only a baby we should be playing and then I think oh I should be doing something creative as well because we should we should replicate or emulate kind of childlike behavior because that's when they that's when they are learning so much I realize that she's learned so much in this last year and all of it is through exploration all through creativity it's all through having time and rest it's not through being dead busy or being to a set structure so quite a few things I would say (laughs) yeah I was very much the same as you like to actually had to surrender to motherhood in that way and to just and and I still like now we we can actually go for proper walks and walks, I mean, like in a normal pace where, and we were, I was just talking to that, uh, to my partner about that the other day, how we, how, cause I used to walk really fast. I don't know why, because my mom was tall and she was always so energetic. And I literally, I still remember being on her hand when I was a little girl and I almost had to run to keep up with her because she <laughs> would go fast, fast. And, um, and I guess that's, that's why I kind of walk fast and I was always busy too. And then when you have those little, little um, boys and kids and you go for a walk with them, it's not really walking, right? It's literally you step two steps and you look at the flower and then you yeah. go two steps and you look at the little bug and then you go one step and there is a stick there. <laughs> it's not yeah. And if you feel like going for a walk, like in terms of exercise, you cannot take your kids when they're that young, you know? Definitely not. (laughs) And and I often felt like in, at the start, I felt like, yeah, yeah, I can still, you know, they just plot along. I can just do it all. Mm. I really had to just surrender to that. It's if I want to do certain things, sometimes I just have to then wait for the right time to do them. And separate that then and not trying to jam my kids into into it yeah Um, that is completely right yeah not trying to jam them into your schedule you kind of have to be willing to flex around them don't you mm, like yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but I loved how you said that it is also important because I touch so much on mental health um, especially in motherhood and how you said as well that if we can't if we're not happy mothers how could we then be, you know, a good parent and a good role model? Um, 
And um, I, I'm just interested in what do you kind of do to keep your balance in motherhood, to be a happy mama for your girl? For me, like movement is key. If I'm, if I'm very static, I hold a lot of energy in my body and I have a lot of energy generally anyway. So like yoga is definitely something that really helps me. And particularly like I love like hand balances and anything that gives me a focus because I, yeah. I have to focus my mind. Otherwise it just goes wild. Yeah. I love reading as well and I love learning. So I kind of support myself, if you like, intellectually, by by doing things like that and my work obviously is um, intellectually challenging as well and also I guess for me with the work that I do and the clients that I'm seeing a lot of the clients that come to me are in some ways like reflections of me so when I'm talking to them and I'm sharing information or advice I'm actually giving it to myself sometimes so it's a little bit like a reflection Um, but I find that that's quite therapeutic so I just try to, I'm always making sure that I'm outside, definitely making sure that I get some fresh air every day that has to happen. And I try and get out as early as possible so that my eyes see the daylight. And if I can go for another one towards the end of the day, then I'll take cocoa out as well for like an, an early evening walk. Mm. And then making sure that you're eating the right foods as well. Um, as busy mums, it's so easy to just grab a biscuit or miss something because you're focused on feeding a child and obviously that's really important but we have to remember that we have to eat ourselves and definitely in the early days I know that there were some times when I would be like oh my god it's two o'clock and I haven't eaten really anything apart from I'd have some like overnight oats in the morning um but making sure that you're kind of quite structured around eating I think is important as well so I've been doing that and then trying to see people even though it's been really difficult in the pandemic but Seeing your friends is so important and seeing your girlfriends in particular, I think, and having people that really make you laugh and that you've been friends with for a long time so you feel comfortable, but equally they can kind of challenge you a little bit and pull you out of a hole if you're in one because when you're feeling a bit down, it's easy just to kind of fall off the radar, isn't it? And that's definitely something that I do and I have done in the past, but I've got a good group of friends so that if that happens, they kind of recognize that now in me. Mm. So they would reach out as well. So I think that's really important. It's just like, no one's perfect, is it? Mothershood is so hard. And anyone who is a mom or who wants to be a mom has always got a, a group of women who have been in that situation before who totally get it. And as alone as you may feel, you're not, you're not alone. You just have to be sometimes willing to put out a branch and to accept some help as well and to have those conversations with people and be a little bit vulnerable. Yeah, I so agree. I feel like um, I feel like in our mind that means we have to just do it all by ourselves rather than just reaching out and and exactly asking for those connections and the help. And mm. um, yeah, it makes a huge difference. And it's not easy when you, especially when you're at the first stage of motherhood, because everything is so overwhelming. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so hard. It's so hard. And I think especially if you are someone who wants to go back to work or who has to go back to work or is working, it's difficult to try and just slot yourself back into that mm. mode because what you could do before is not going to be the same because if you're up in the night and you're not, you know, if you're tired, your brain isn't going to be working in the same way. Your mind is focused half on your job, half on you've got a baby in the corner, like poking mm. something or putting something in their mouth. Yeah. And, I think especially now as well when everyone's working from home a lot more and people have got their children around them it's really tricky making that transition like I'm I find it tough 
and I feel like I'm pretty self-aware and I feel like I've got quite a good support network and maybe other people who are less so may not even recognize that they're that they're struggling and I think that's sometimes also a bit of a danger as well because although we can have it all in some ways we also have to recognize that we can't do everything and that we can't take on all of the stress all of the time for all of the things because it's not sustainable and it's just not healthy Mm. yeah yeah I completely agree absolutely couldn't add anything to that Um, (laughs) (laughs) then um, I actually only have one more question left and that's my favorite question and that is if you could only give one advice to a new mama or new parents just one what would that be I would say that you're doing your best and your child appreciates your best. Mm. That's all you can do. Mm. And that's all, yeah, that's all I would say because whatever you do is as much as you can do at that time. And there'll always be things that you might learn a bit further down the track or that maybe you could have known or should have known, but you do what you can with what you've got, don't you, at the time. And that's that's the best you can do. Yeah, and it's enough too. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I read an article about um, what was it? Good enough parenting is actually perfect. Is is perfect okay. parenting, which like makes I think I think none of us can be perfect parents all the time. It's just not possible unless you want to fully, completely, I don't know, yeah, completely lose yourself and dedicate. But then, are you still yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, like if we, yeah, I feel like. Um, as you say, when you just do your best at that moment, at that time, and, and that's enough then, totally. Yeah. yeah. I think as long as your child feels loved, that's, that's all they need, isn't it, really? They just need to have that connection and that comfort. Yeah, love and safety. Love. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And really, you don't really need to have anything to be able to give that. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. I find it hard when people say say one thing because I'm always like, I think I had one mama on the podcast. She she started with one thing and then finished with three other things. When you said that, I was like, oh, I can never do one one thing answers. I'm never good at those. <laughs> yeah. No, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for being on the show, Kathy. That's really thank you so much for having me. Oh, that was um, yeah, beautiful. And I'm gonna connect you to all anyone that I can think of um, in terms of fertility, and we're gonna put all your details on social media and on the show notes too, so everyone can reach you. And um, hopefully, we'll get you some clients from Australia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Thank you. Nice to speak to you. Thank you so much. This completes this week's episode. For all show notes and more information, head to my website, selenemarley.com, or follow me on Instagram at RestlessMama. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends, and leave us a review so others can find it too. Hope to see you next time. Until then, have a beautiful week.